Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Uh, today we're going to start a new, a new talk called The Secret Sauce, Prayer and Fasting. Whenever we end the, a year, we always go into the next year. Starting the first 21 days, we commit it to, to God. Just a special time of dedication. You know, I believe in giving God the first of our lives. I believe in giving God the first of your day. I believe in giving God the first of your dollar. I believe in giving God the first of your heart in commitment. I believe in giving him the first of your year. So we're going to give these first 21 days, 21 days of special prayer and fasting to God. And so we're going to talk about what that means and what that looks like. And, and it's the secret sauce, I believe, in helping us go from good to great in our life and our walk with Jesus. So the, the words... Uh, by Jim Collins. He wrote this book called Good to Great. If you haven't read it yet, I, I highly recommend the book, but he talks about how good is the enemy of great, and that is one of the key reasons why we have so little that becomes great, is few people attain great lives, in large part because it is just so easy to settle for a good life. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had to make a decision to give up something good in exchange for something that might be great? Sometimes in our life, good is the enemy of great. If we settle for good, we may never achieve greatness. There can be something that's good, like sometimes how you figure out whether I need to move on from something, move on from a habit, or move on from a situation, relationship, you're like, we try and find what's wrong with it. I encourage you, don't always look for what's wrong with something before you move on. Like, is it something great? I was talking to my kids just over the holiday weekend, uh, we got two in college that are home, and we're talking about, you know, what are we going to do and a degree and after we graduate, already got one that's thinking in three semesters going to graduate from college. I'm like, what? And so we're just talking about it. And I, I just want to encourage them and say, listen, don't, don't think about what you can do. Well, with that degree, I could do this. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do, but what's going to really fulfill you? Let's look for something great to do. There's a lot of good jobs out there, but I don't want a good job. I want to fulfill that's going to, I want to do something that's going to be great. We'll be a part of something great. So that's what we're talking about today. The, the secret sauce is helping us go from good to great in our walk with Jesus. These, these are things that I think are key ingredients to be a part of being successful in our, in our walk with Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles, let's get those out. You've got your sermon notes there in your worship guide. Uh, you can follow along the sermon notes there, or you can get on the YouVersion Bible app. You can follow along uh, in the event section of that. But if you've got your Bibles, open them up. We are expecting for God to speak to us every time we open up the Bible. That's why we get excited about it, because He wants to talk to us more than we want to talk to Him. So we get excited every time. If you've got your Bibles, let's open them up this morning to Matthew chapter 6. Woo! Matthew 6. I'm going to read some scriptures here. This is Jesus talking. It's in the red. So it's really, really important. The secret sauce. The secret sauce. Matthew chapter 6 says this, verse 5, And when you pray, everybody say, when you pray. Mm, yeah, when you pray. You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Notice who they want to be seen by. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward, but you, when you pray, here's what you do when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, 
For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. I want to jump down to verse 16 just for time's sake. Moreover, when you fast, everybody say, when you fast. Yeah, when you fast. Do not be like the hypocrites. That sound familiar? With a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Notice who they're fasting to. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. It sounds really familiar. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the reading of your word. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and speak to us. I pray that you bring this word alive. I pray that you apply it into our hearts. I pray, Lord, you help me to speak with clarity and with understanding that we will all get what you want us to get this morning, that we will understand your truths and apply it where we need to apply it. So, Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise. It's in your name we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Secret sauce. What does the word secret sauce mean? It's an element or a quality or ability or a practice that makes something or someone successful. What's your secret sauce? What's your secret sauce to being distinctive or setting, setting you apart? It's also called the essential yet largely unknown ingredient to one's success. If I was to talk about the secret sauce of Christianity, secret sauce of your relationship with Jesus, this part is very important. Two things I think are very important that we're going to talk about today, prayer and fasting. It's a secret sauce. It's something that I think it, it helps us be uh, distinct, makes us be successful in our relationship with God, that if we subtract these things from our walk with Jesus, we're not going to be as successful as he wants us to be. So what is it about prayer and fasting? Prayer we hear a lot about. You know, we should pray. You know, but people talk a lot about prayer, a lot of sermons on prayer. We're going to talk about prayer. So come back in the next few weeks. We're going to talk about prayer and how to pray boldly, how to pray specifically, what kinds of prayers. We're going to break it down. So if you're like, if you have trouble praying, if you have trouble knowing what to pray, there was a time in my life where I was like, okay, dear God, um, help me, have a good day, and... Uh, that's a legitimate prayer. I'm, I'm struggling to figure out what else to say. I mean, how do you pray? So if you're struggling to know how to pray, if you've never been able to pray for an hour, well, you got to start with praying five minutes. you got to start with praying five minutes, and we'll break that down. So that's not this week, though, so don't pay attention to that until next week. But, then, but the other part that's not talked about much is fasting. I, I, I was raised in church, and I never heard any messages on fasting. Nobody ever taught me about fasting. I thought it was something for weirdos to do. Why would you fast? Once I realized that fast wasn't talking about speed. Let's take a second. <laughs> Once I realized that fasting was talking about like, so you really don't eat food? That's what fasting means? I was like, I'm out. I'm out. Skip. You know how you got a song? You're like, you listen to something. You're like, Alexa, skip. You know, that's what I wanted to say when they're talking about fasting. I'm like, preacher, skip. Skip. Let's get on to somewhere I can eat and love Jesus. That's all I want to do. So, so what does it mean to fast? Notice what it says here in Matthew chapter 6. It says, and when you pray, when you pray, and then in Matthew chapter 6 verse 16, and when you fast. So there is a time to pray and there's a time to fast. So what is fasting? Let me tell you what fasting is not. Fasting is not merely going without food for a period of time. That's called starvation. That's not what fasting is about. Nobody's trying to starve anybody. 
That's not Christian. It's not doesn't make you a more Christian if you can see how long you can go without food. That's not fasting in and of itself. It's not something uh, done by just a bunch of religious fanatics. It's not something done only on special occasions or once a year. Let me give you some types of fasts. They're there in your notes, but if you want to follow along different types of fasts that you could be a part of. One is an absolute fast. All these are found. Uh, the first three are found in the Bible. The fourth one we kind of added. But the, the first one, absolute fast, no food or water. Again, I don't recommend that for a long period of time. Uh, normal fast is no food but water allowed only. Uh, the third one is a partial fast, abstaining from some foods, some drinks, or things. But also some people time will include in their fast abstaining from certain things, whether it be TV, video games, social media, etc. So those are just different types of fasts. And we'll talk about the purpose of the fast. But again, the biblical definition of fasting is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. That's a, part, a key part. A lot of people leave that out. When we talk about prayer and fasting, and maybe we didn't do a great job in marketing. You know, we talk about 21 days of fasting. Really, it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of just fasting is called hungry. <laughs> but, but what we're wanting to do is 21 days of prayer and fasting. In other words, it's not just about what I'm subtracting, like I'm taking food or, or TV or social media or something, whatever I'm trying to take out of my life. It's what am I adding? What am I moving towards? What am I getting more of God? So when I'm doing 21 days of prayer and fasting is not to focus on what I can't have, but it's talking about what God wants to pour into my life. Here's a couple things about fasting that I think it's important. Fasting helps reveal lordship. Fasting helps reveal lordship. Who's going to be the Lord of our life? Why do we fast? Again, number one, maybe why food? Why, why, what is the big deal about food? There's no other thing in my life, I don't know about you, there's no, nothing else in my life that I say no to that's a bigger deal than saying no to food. Like for me to say no to TV, that's admirable and that's cool and maybe I need to do it a little bit, but food is something I have to have. So when I choose more prayer or more of God instead of food, that's a big deal. That's something you have to have physically. TV I don't have to have. You know, so it's good. Maybe I want to take 21 days off of social media. That's great. That's fine. But I don't have to have social media. But when I say, God, instead of eating lunch today, I'm going to spend my whole lunch hour praying or reading my Bible, that's a big deal. When I say, you know what, instead of, instead of, uh, instead of going out to eat, I'm going to stay home. With, instead of going out with my friends, they're going out to eat. I'm going to stay home, and I'm going to spend that time praying. That's a big sacrifice. You're saying no to something you need food for something for God. So that's why food is important, why, why it's a significant part of fasting. But it helps us reveal lordship. And what I mean by that, here's what fasting does. Fasting is when we decide who's going to be lord in our life, our spiritual desires or our fleshly desires. When you say no to, to food or something fleshly desire, you're putting God in, an, in a seat of lordship in your life. In other words, who's going to be the boss of my life? That's the way my little kids would, like somebody... One of my kids, uh, the, you know, everybody's on home for the holidays, so it's ramped up, you know. <laughs> and uh, so one of them said, hey, don't do that. Well, the other one said, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> not the boss of me. Well, th we have that same struggle going in our life between our flesh and our spirit. Paul talked about it. What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do do. <laughs> See, I said do do. <laughs> but you know what he's talking about? It's like 
the things that, it's this war in our flesh, like I want to do the right thing, but I find myself being tempted by the wrong. Who's going to be the Lord? And fasting helps us reveal lordship. When I can say no to my flesh that says, eat that, drink that, whatever it is, I say no to that, and I say yes to the Spirit, it's helping me get in a position where the voice of my flesh gets weaker and the voice of my spirit gets stronger. Fasting helps us turn up the volume of the voice of God in your life and turn down the volume of temptation. This is one of the big parts of fasting. It helps you when you're having fleshly temptations. Once you keep saying no to them and yes to something else, all of a sudden your spirit gets stronger and your flesh gets weaker. That's one part of, of benefit of fasting. Here's, a, here's another part. In Galatians 5, 24, it says, And those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucified the flesh. Crucified our fleshly desires. Why do we need to do that? Romans 8, 8 says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We want to, be, we want to please God. We want to honor God. So I can't let my flesh run my life. I can't let what my, my here's, a, here's a good thing that's a uh, good thing. It's not a good thing, but here's a common thing that's said. Well, if it feels good, do it. That's flesh. If I did everything my flesh wanted to do, what kind of life would I live? That's why, why we're trying. I don't do whatever I want to do. I don't do just everything that feels good because not everything that feels good is good. So we're going to say, I want my spirit to be in charge. So fasting helps us do that. It helps us get in a position where I say no to what I want and yes to what God wants. It reveals lordship. That's the first thing. Number two, fasting is about a greater purpose. Everybody say greater. greater. It's not just about what you can do without. This is important about prayer and fasting. I want you to understand this about, the, about our 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's not just about what we do without. It's about a greater purpose. It's about something bigger. We have to have something bigger. It's not just about what we move away from, but it's about what we move towards. Know this about fasting. Fasting doesn't move God. God's not impressed with your fast. Fasting doesn't move God to do something. Fasting moves us. Fasting moves me into a position to hear God more clearly. Fasting moves me into a position to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. Fasting doesn't impress God so that he will start acting. Fasting moves me into a position that I'm more in sync with his voice. It's the value of fasting. That's why we want to do it. It's not because I'm trying to impress him, say, oh yeah, God, see, I, went, I went all day without eating. That's great. But did I get in line with him more in that day? Or did I just spend that day starving? We don't impress him with our deprivation. We impress him with our devotion. It's about our heart. It's like, do I want more of him? That's, that's what's really going to move the hand of God. Fasting is supposed to be positive focused and not negative focused. Every time, every year around December, since we started doing this several years ago, um, every year around December starts getting to the holidays. It's like, my body instinctively knows what's coming at the turn of the calendar, and it enters into a state of mourning. It's like, it's like my body starts eating stuff and just thinking about, mm. it's good a little bit because I really embrace the taste of certain things, you know, it's like, but my body starts going into this, all this, this withdrawal, and my mind starts dealing with this, all the negative about what you're not going to get to eat, what you're not going to get to have, and starts bringing me down where I'm starting to get discouraged about prayer and fasting. And the reason I'm getting discouraged is because I'm focused on the negative. Prayer and fasting is supposed to be about the greater. 
So it's not about what I'm doing without, it's about what I'm pursuing that's greater than what I'm doing without. See, when we get discouraged, when we get grouchy and complaining about it, it's because our focus is all on what we can't have instead of focusing on what God's going to do in our life. And I just want to encourage you during this prayer and fasting time to find something greater. Don't find, don't, don't focus on, well, what can I quit? What can I give up? Don't just focus on that. That's great. But what are you going to start that's greater? What are you going to pick up that's greater? What are you going to focus on that's going to be bigger in your life? So that when I compare it to that piece of cake, it just doesn't compare because what I'm going after is greater. Yeah, I could eat that cake if I wanted to, but it doesn't compare to what God wants to do in my life. Find something greater for 2020. I believe God wants to do greater in the Rhodes Church. I believe God wants to do greater in your life. So let's pick out something greater to focus on instead of getting negative about, well, I can't eat that, can't eat that, that, that. It's easy to get depressed. I don't want to go into prayer and fasting depressed. That's going to come enough on its own. <laughs> it's going to come about day whatever. It's going to happen. But I'm telling you, if you focus on something greater, then now you'll enter it and say, God, what are you going to do in my life? I may have, yes, I may have to say no to certain things, but it's not about your no. Prayer and fasting is not to be focused on the no. It's focused on your yeses. What are your yeses? If you don't have any yeses, get them. Get a yes to believe in. Get a yes. Here's what I want you to do before. I may mention it again at the end of the service, but before next week, we're going to start on Wednesday. January 1st is usually when I start. You can do whatever you want. You You don't have to do... Again, nobody's telling you what to do. We just make a time of prayer and fasting for 21 days because the Bible says when you fast, when you pray, not if. I've had people say, well, I don't have to do it just because you say so. I'm not saying so. I'm giving you an opportunity to do it because if you won't do it with a group of people that are doing it together, when will you do it? I'll tell you when Chad will do it. It's called never. <laughs> if, if you're going to take and wait for me to feel it, Oh, I feel like it's never going to happen. So I have to discipline myself and I have to say, I'm going to fast during this time. I'm going to pray during this time. I'm going to set that apart. So you don't have to partake of it, but I just make a time where we come together as a body and you say, you know what? I'm going to go for it this year. Maybe you just start with a day. Maybe you start with a meal. I don't know whatever it is for you, but I encourage you, find something greater. Don't focus on, I, if I can help people with this, people come to me all the time, well, what do you think I should fast? You're focusing on the negative. I want to tell you, what, what should you be praying for? What breakthroughs should you be praying for? See, we're not, we're not praying and fasting together so that we can survive 21 days without social media. We're not praying and fasting together so that we can survive 21 days without sugar, without coffee, without soda, or even without food. It doesn't matter. That's not why we're praying and fasting. We're praying and fasting for breakthrough in our families, in our churches, in our lives, in our kids. That's what we've got, something greater we're focused on. We're praying for God to move in our midst, to move in our lives, move in our families. I'm not giving up food just so I can say, I gave up food. Who cares? What am I believing God for? What's the miracle that you need in your life? What's the breakthrough you need in your family? That's what you write down. This is the greater that I'm fasting for. This is the greater that I'm praying for. Got to have something. You got to have a greater yes than your no. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be filled, shall be filled. Now, I saw three keys to prayer and fasting in these scriptures. I want you to find them with me in Matthew chapter 6, three keys to prayer and fasting, and they're going to correlate one with the other, prayer and fasting. Jesus said the same three things about the two topics. I want you to see the similarities. Look in verse 5. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Now look at verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. Do you see a theme? 
I see a theme. So here's three keys, and we'll give you to prayer fasting. The first one, they all start with the D. The first one is devotion. It's about devotion. Prayer and fasting is about devotion. Remember I told you it's not about deprivation. It's not about what you can do without. It's about your devotion. God's not impressed with my deprivation. He's impressed with your devotion. Notice what he said. When you pray and when you fast, do not be like the who. How many people have ever heard somebody say, I don't want to come to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites? That's one of the most common things I hear. I'm not coming. There's a bunch of hypocrites in there. Well, guess what? You're right. They're 100% right. 100% right. There are hypocrites in the church. There's hypocrites in the church, hypocrites out the church, hypocrites everywhere, hypocrites on stages. Because hypocrite, if we learn it by definition, here's what hypocrite means. It means one who pretends to be other than who they really are, an actor, a pretender. You ever had someone call you a poser? You ever felt like you're just going through the motions in an area of your life? Here's what God says. Don't be like the hypocrites. Here's what it means. We need to live our lives genuine. Genuine. Here's what prayer and fasting will do. It'll bring to the surface who we really are. And sometimes we don't like it. Prayer and fasting reveals our devotion. What are we devoted to? Are we devoted to ourselves? Are we devoted to God? Here's what Hebrews 4.13 says. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What areas of our life are we pretending? What areas of our life are we posing? Here's what prayer and fasting is. And I encourage you in this first D is check your devotion during your times of prayer and fasting. Maybe you need to start a devotion. I encourage you to start your day with at least 15 minutes with God every day. You spend that much time catching up on your feed. 15 minutes. Just get out your Bible, get a devotion, something that you pray and you read through something. You spend your time. You say, God, I give you the first part of my day. I'm devoted to you. I'm devoted to you. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to sit in church and say I'm one way and live another way when I'm outside of church. Hypocrites are pretenders. They know the game. They know what face to put on. They know the words to say. They know the cliches. They know all these things, but we don't want to be hypocrites. We want to be genuine. Prayer and fasting is about looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, am I who I say I am? Am I really who I say I am? Am I who people think that I am? I say I'm a Christian. I come to church, but who am I devoted to? Am I devoted to myself or am I devoted to God? Devotion is really important in our prayer and fasting. Let's look at the second D. Second D is similarities we find here. The second D is direction. Direction. Notice what he says about praying there in the last part of verse 5. That they pray, they love pray standing in the synagogues, on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you that they have the reward. But when you pray, what are you supposed to do? Go into your room and when you've shut your door, pray where? Pray to your Father. Pray to your Father. Not to men, but to your Father. Jump down in fasting. Notice what he says there. Notice when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have your reward, have their reward. But you, when you fast, what are you supposed to do? Anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father. Number two is about direction. Who are we doing it to? Who are we doing it for? Are we doing it for God? Are we doing it for people? 
It's about checking how do we live our lives. Notice what it says in Galatians chapter 1. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Are we striving for universal acceptance or universal obedience? Notice what he says. Do not be like these people. Do not pray to men and do not fast to men. Don't live your Christian life for people. Live it for God. Don't try and impress people with your Christianity. Impress God with your Christianity. Don't fast to people. Look what happens when people are fast to other people. They disfigure their faces. People come up to you and say, hey, what's going on? I'm fasting. <laughs> hey, you want something? No, I couldn't possibly. I'm fasting. Stinking pastor. I'd love to, but I can't. You disfigure their faces and get all sad. Notice what Jesus said. You have your reward. In other words, you have your little pity party. That's your reward. But he said, when you fast, don't let anybody know about it. Wash your face. Anoint your head. Let everybody think it's just all normal. Another day for you. Why? Because you're fasting to God, not for the pleasure of people. Not so you can think I'm real spiritual. You don't even need to know I'm fasting. Unless people just push you and prod you. you know, they keep telling you, hey, you want something to eat? No, no, thank you. No, I'm fine. No, really, you want something to eat? No, no, thank you. I'm not, no, you can, I can't. I'm not, I'm not fasting. You know, sometimes they keep pushing. You're like, no, I'm really not. What's the matter? Why aren't you eating? What's the matter? Why aren't you eating? I realize there's sometimes you're going to, you have to tell them, but notice who are we doing it for? We're doing it for God. So here's why I'm encouraging you. Be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. Live your life for Jesus, not for people. Vertical acceptance, not horizontal acceptance. When we live for horizontal acceptance, it's very frustrating. One day they love you, next day they don't. One day that parent's happy with you. Oh, thank you for what you're doing to my kids. You're awesome. Thank you. Next day, what are you doing to my kids? Did you do that? Isn't that real? Coach something, lead something, be an employer in the public, give a pastor a church, do something long enough, and you're going to deal with people that are love you and then can't, it's just going to happen. So this is why everything's to God. It's direction. All right, let's do the third one, third D. Third D. It's about discretion. Notice what he says about prayer. When you pray, go into your room. And shut your door and pray to your Father who's in the, what kind of place? Let's try it again. Pray to your Father who's in what kind of place? Secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you ooh, openly. Now let's go down to fasting. Is it any different? No. When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Here's the third D. It's discretion. Praying and fasting in secret. Praying and fasting in secret. Secret discretion is about doing it when no one is watching. Here's the thing we need to know about God, and it's either good or bad. Your father sees in secret. That's what the Bible says. Your father sees in secret. It said when you pray, when you fast, when you pray, do this. Go into your room, shut your door. Don't stand up in front of everybody. Hey, I just want to pray. I'm not talking about you praying for your food or something like that you may have to do in public. But I'm talking about your normal everyday prayer, your conversation with God should be that you should have a secret place that's just you and Jesus. Find it. 
praying in front of a bunch of other people, praying while you're driving down the road, all that's still fine. You can do that. But I encourage you to find a secret place that just you and God go. Have a place where only you and him are, that you spend time with him. You've got things on your wall. A good movie to watch is that movie War Room. You could watch that, that movie. It can encourage you in a prayer life. And, and I've got a place where I've got papers taped all over my wall. And, and it's right the height where I kneel down and I see it and I can speak. It's got maps over here. i got all these things on my wall. That's my secret place. So I go, just me and God. He said, so that's something you do secret. God sees in secret. Now, if I tell you God sees in secret, depending on what we're doing, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. Your father sees in secret is either good news or, oh my God. Right? Depending on what we're doing. If you're praying and doing things privately, if you're praying and fasting in secret, the Bible says he will reward you openly. In other words, what, here's, I wrote this down. I thought this was good. Private discipline produces public rewards. You can apply that to anything. You can apply that to sports. You can apply that to business. You can apply that to anything. What you do privately will produce public rewards. Private discipline produces private discipline on how you handle yourself. What do you do when no one's watching? That's going to make the difference. What, what an athlete does privately determines what they do publicly. Had the final four of the college football uh, yesterday. What an awesome time. Football's on TV. So, but what those athletes do privately helps them do what they did on TV last night. It's not just that moment. So it's about what do we do privately in our walk with Jesus? It's going to determine how we're going to perform publicly. C.S. Lewis said this, integrity is doing the right thing when no one is watching. Discretion, the third D. What's happening in your life when no one's watching? What's going on in your life when no one's watching? The good and the bad about the Father seeing in secret is that He knows everything that you and I are doing and thinking. Is that good? Could be. Could be really good or it could be very challenging because we know our hearts, we know what's going on. But I want you to know this, the reason God sees in secret is not to make you feel bad about doing bad. He sees in secret because he wants to pull you out of that. God never sees in secret so he can hold it over your head and bash you over the head and say, what are you doing? But we need to know what are we doing in private is going to come out eventually. I try and tell people, tell my kids, tell this, that what you do in secret eventually will be known. I'm going to find out. One or two things. Holy Spirit's going to tell me because we talk. I ain't scared to tell him. I, he, tech, he talks to me. I say, Lord, what are my kids doing right now? Just tell me. You're like, he tells you that stuff. He'll, he'll tell you things. The Bible says that he tells you things to come. So he'll, he'll even tell us. But he also knows what I'm doing. I'm accountable to the Father just like my kids are. So you got to know, what do we do in private? What do you look at on your phone when nobody's looking? How do you talk when nobody's looking? How do you talk when you're not around your parents and you're not around church people? One of the challenges about understanding that God sees in secret, we're like, okay, so he knows everything about my life anyway, so it puts us in a position we need to just be open and honest about it. Don't try and hide anything before God. He already knows. Don't put on airs and act like a church kid in church and be somebody different, total outside of church. God already knows who you are. He already knows. So don't try and fool him. Don't try and bamboozle him. Don't try and pull the wool over his eyes. You can fool people, but you can't fool God. 
So just be honest. Hey, I'm not living for Jesus right now. I'm not. I'm, it always hurts my heart a little bit when I find out about people or kids. People come to me. I don't know why people come to me and tell me stuff. It's like I'm the, the principal of the church. Like, you know, so-and-so goes to your church. You know what they're doing? Thank you for telling me that. That really makes me feel better. You're like, you know what that kid's doing? You know what that person says? You know what they say when they're not in church? You know what that kid's doing? You know, what, what's happening in their life? I don't know. But I just know this. The Father sees in secret. So I want to live a life where I, whatever I'm doing, I'm committed to him in open as well as in private. So here's what I want us to focus on this prayer and fasting. The three Ds. Number one, what is your devotion? Who are you devoted to? Will you ramp up your devotion to God during prayer and fasting time? What will you do to increase your devotion to God? What do you well, you got to make something intentional. I'm going to pray more often. I'm going to start praying every morning. I haven't been doing that. I kind of got away from that. I'm going to start spending the first 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. And, and again, work into it. There was a time that there's no way I could spend an hour with God. I just didn't grasp how to do it. There's times now that I'm like, is the time up already? And I'm not saying that to try and sound super spiritual. I'm just saying God will bring you into a place where you just pray for things and talk to him about things and, and time goes by. And so it's just fellowship with him, relationship with him. That's what he wants. Give him the first part of your day. Devotion. Number two, make sure in the second D that your direction, you're living for him and not for people. So make it this prayer and fasting time. I'm going to stop caring about what other people think and I'm just going to care about what God says. I'm not going I'm to stop caring about what all my friends think or what all my coworkers think or what all their parents think. I'm just going to focus on what God wants for my life. My direction is to him, not to people. You're not trying to impress other people. You're not trying, it's not, you're, it's not a competition of who's going to have the more stringent fast. We're not competing about fast. What are you fasting? Well, I'm, I'm fasting uh, social media. <laughs> That's nothing. I'm fasting food. <clears throat> it's not a competition. It's not how many days. It's not, it's not about who's can be more spiritual. It's just saying you, your relationship with God. You're saying right now, God, I'm going to do this prayer and fasting to you. And I'm going to come to you. I'm going to move closer to you this t during this 21 days. We're given the first 21 days of 2020. I'm excited about what's going to happen in 2020. I'm excited about the messages I've got prepared ready for 2020 for this part of this series about praying bold prayers. I want us to pray bold prayers from 2020. I want us to pray for miraculous things. And God just showed me some areas. I don't have time to go into it. Never mind. I'm sorry. Next week. Come back next week. Next week. Stay focused. Yeah. Let's go. Third D. Third D. There's going to be a little bit of conviction on this, and I'm, and I'm okay with that because it hits me too. What's the secret part of your life like? What's your thought life like? What's, the, what's going on in here that nobody knows about? Sometimes it's not just, well, I'm just sinning or whatever. Sometimes it's thoughts like, I'm thinking that maybe if I wasn't in this world, it would be a better place. Some people are dealing with thoughts like that. And I'm telling you, that's a lie from the devil. The secret pains that people are going through because of devastation, because of tragedies, because of issues. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm telling you, the Father sees in secret. It's not just bad. Oh, he sees what bad you're doing. No, he sees your pain. He sees what you're going through. He sees your abandoned feelings. He sees your confusion. He sees you. He wants to help you. You're not, you're not alone. 
He sees in your secret. So what's your secret life like? Can we just pray? And in this moment, I just want to ask Holy Spirit to come and speak to every heart here. Maybe you're watching online and, and you're like, I've never done anything like this prayer and fasting before. But I encourage you, starting January 1st, you make a decision. I want you to truly think about this right now. Holy Spirit, come, minister to every heart. I pray, God, we will pray bold prayers. I pray that you will take us to something greater. Come on, think about it right now. I mentioned it earlier. I want you to think about it right now, and I want you to think about it over the next few days. What is the greater thing you want to happen in your life? I want to become closer to God over this 21 days. It's something greater that I'm focusing on, so I will sacrifice something lesser for something greater. Nobody's telling you what to do with your fast. I'm just giving you tools, giving you opportunity, giving you things you can do. You can do as much as you want or as little as you want. It's totally between you and Jesus. You're not fasting to men, you're fasting to God. You're not praying to men, you're praying to God. But you're saying, I'm saying to you, what is your greater? What are you believing for for your family? What are you believing for for your job, for your workplace, for your relationships? I I don't know what it is, but have something greater that is on your list, that I'm going to spend this 21 days of prayer and fasting believing for something bigger than what I'm sacrificing. It's something bigger and more important, more valuable than just doing without. It's not about deprivation. It's not about just sacrificing. It's not just that. It's saying yes to something. It's moving towards something bigger and greater and moving away from something lesser. What is it for you that you're believing God for? What is it that you're saying to God, I I need a breakthrough in my life. I need something to change. You see in secret, God, and you know what's going on in my heart. You know what's going on in my life. You know what's going on in my situation that nobody else knows. You see me. You see where I've been a pretender. You see where I've been a poser. I've been coming to church. I've been playing the game, but I live just like any other teenager outside the walls. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm walking away. I don't know what it is, but God's speaking to you, not to condemn you, but to draw you into his goodness and say, come on, come closer to me. I want to show you what true love is about. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.